Welcome to the Primal Path Podcast. We chat with our tribe to build a stronger connection through our native ways of communication. Learn about our coaches, clients, gym programming, and hear from our local businesses and find out about the latest happenings. Welcome back, tribe, to your Mindset Minutes. I'm super excited to talk about this topic today. We are discussing the relationship between mental health and fitness. Mental fitness. I'm sitting down with my brother today, Dan Petrulis, and he's going to talk a little bit about his training. I'm going to talk a little bit about my training and also kind of why we're doing this unorthodox stuff and why we push our limits on some of these big challenges that we do. And if you haven't heard the podcast with my brother. He was on our second podcast. He talks about his experience at the Spartan Death Race, which is a multiple day event that is unknown that you're forced to stay pretty much awake for like 60 hours. And uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty grueling, but it all has a purpose. And if you haven't tuned into that one before, just scroll down. It's our second podcast we ever did and listen to his story. We're not going to dive so deep into that exact event or all the uh, all the little things about his training, but it obviously is going to be brought up a little bit today too. So let's get started. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You know, uh, I was trying to really think about what who I should bring on for this, and after I posted something the other day on, on Facebook of me trying to get a workout in after surgery with my ankle, uh, we have uh, just a, a mutual acquaintance slash friend, and they're like, "What's in the uh, Petrullus blood?" Or said something like, yeah. "Said something like, like, what's in the Petrullus blood?" And it made me start thinking about, you know, I think this is something that we could really talk about. As in, you and I have different but yet very similar training methods. I would guess, like they're 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 they're, they're totally unorthodox. I would say from the normal gym routine, and uh, we always like taking on challenges. And I think it'd be good for our listeners to hear just on how we as everyday people can build up the mental toughness or, or build up that challenge to push our limits in all aspects, even kind of outside fitness. And I think it'd be something really good for people to hear, especially with the past year that everyone went through. Everyone's trying to find their new normal. And this is something really good to think about with those people or for people to think about. So let's talk a little bit first about your training plan. You know, talk a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your training plan. Well, I love uh, pushing myself to limits, so, and I feel like I always need like a new challenge because I get bored. So, my challenges have changed over the years. Just like, so as my training, so you know I've done like powerlifting, bodybuilding, marathons, ultra marathons, Spartan races, uh, the death race, uh, you know, long cycling rides. So my training is constantly evolving. Um, you know, not just like in the gym. I think it's important to get outside to really just feel nature and to, uh, you know, that's just good for your mental health too. But, um, you know, it could be in the gym training. I could be, you know, doing a mile long of lunges around a, a track. I could be doing cold weather training, you know, running a marathon in 14 degree weather. Uh, just, just being outside, just pushing myself no matter what it is. How, how do you, how do you come up with these things? Like, how do you come up with, I'm going to do lunges for a mile or I'm going to, you know, run a marathon every single month for a year. How do you, where does that come from? I just always wanted to be better, you know, basically just learning from failure. You know, once you fail and then you realize that you have to own it and then come back from it. And then once you are successful after failing, you realize that you can accomplish anything. So, 
you know, leading up to like the death race, I knew that there was going to be like a lot of repetitive stuff. I didn't really know what to expect, but I knew I had to just do something crazy just to get my mind to do something repetitive that was just kind of extreme. So I'm like, let me just see if I could just do a mile of, you know, walking lunges. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, you know, it's really good to like bring up the, the fact of like how, how your, your mindset works when you're going to tackle something that you don't know, that you know, everyone talks about how hard it is. You're always going to question yourself. Like, is your training preparing you enough for the unknown? And the harder that you make your training, usually the better you're going to, you're, you're, you're preparing yourself more for that event. But in the same time, you know, for me, you know, you did a mile of lunges. I did a mile of tire flipping. Um, my inspiration, like where I got that in, information from, like, what, well, where did I come up with a mile of tire flipping? Well, you have the crazies out there, the people that are, I don't even want to call them the one percenters. I want to call them like the half percenters, like the David Goggins, oh, yeah. like the, uh, Ross Eggleys, like, uh, these people who are, who are taking on challenges so huge that no one would even like think, you know, and I'm, I'm going to use like, I, I really think Ross Eggley is just even, yeah. I love David Goggins. I love his words, but I think like Ross Eggley is <laughs> even above yeah, the craziness crazy stuff, yeah. of, uh, you know, he's got tons of support though too. And not that it takes away any of his challenges, but like, you know, I, I saw David Goggins flipping a tire and I was just like, yup, this is, this is got to happen. This is going to push my mentality. Where do you, where do you come up with your training plans or these ideas? Like, are, are there other in, inspirations that you have or the role models that you're listening to or following? Like, how do you come up with this? And then how do you go about tackling these big challenges? Well, I failed a, uh, a race years ago, um, Spartan Beast. And I realized that I was, even though I had run a marathon previously, I realized because I didn't do any training in the mountains that my legs just couldn't handle it. My legs locked up. So it was my nutrition, my hydration failed me. My legs just, just locked up. So I did a lot of research, became obsessed with it. And I found out that if you do like a lot of walking lunges, that'll really help out with your mountain legs. So then from there, I'm like, I kind of take everything to the extreme, uh, you know, I just tried to push myself further and further just to see, you know, if that would really correlate. And it absolutely did. I came back next year, finished it, then did the Ultra Beast the year after. And, you know, now I could run up mountains, whereas before, like, it was, I had to walk, take a break. So really just learning from failure and just experimenting too, which is important. Yeah. And, and you, you keep on like bringing up nature. And I, and I think that's, that's super important, especially in fitness. I think it's good to have a uh, some sort of a routine. So you have a, like a brick and mortar that you go to, like, you know, for us, like primal path would be like the brick and mortar. But I also think that people should take it upon themselves to try and experiment with things outside of that, outside of the gym. And like, you're talking about training up in the white mountains. <clears throat> and when you go into that environment, how does that help you mentally for your fitness or for the challenge you're going to do? So yeah, what if instead of driving the White Mountains, you end up just running hills? How is your mentality different when you're up there in those mountains and you don't have the ability to just be like, oh, here's a 10-minute drive home? Or you're out in those mountains a couple hours out where you're now like, you know, what's going on? I don't want to, you know, I, I'm kind of leading into it right there. But how does it change your mentality when you put yourself in a place where it's harder to quit or you don't have easy access to get out of it? Or you know, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. It forces you to, to be better. You know, if you're just in an area training at home and it's easy just to pack up and 
you know, leave, if you get tired, then it's easier to quit. But if you kind of put yourself in a situation where you're forced to be successful, like out in the mountains, especially the White Mountains, you know, we've been up there where the bottom is like 70 degrees. We get up to the top, it was in the 20s with um, 60 mile an hour wind gusts and snowing. And, you know, we're in shorts, so the weather can change like, like crazy on the mountains. So when you're up there and, you know, you have very low visibility, uh, you're, you're really just forced to, to push on, to, to do your best and to, to adapt, which is important. You know, I think it's really important to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to, to grow as a person, you know, and that even helps you out mentally. You know, now you can look back and like, wow, like I did that. I, I survived and I'm better because of it. So now the next challenge, you can kind of remind yourself of that and just always grow and build yourself up to be better. You know, you're a person who prepares a lot. And I think this is a little bit of a thing that we slightly differ on. um, That you go to, like, when you prepare for something, you go really, really hard into it. I, when I prepare for something, I sometimes will set a challenge that is well above my capability. And I kind of know that is, but I still want to, I want to tackle it even without the training. I want to see how far I can get into that, uh, how far I can go. And then learn from it. So to me, when I tackle a a big challenge, like I rode my bike from San Francisco to LA, about 545 miles in seven days. Um, You know, I did a bunch of like uh, Spartan races and the the, the trifectas and, uh, you know, and then all those odd odd end things like flipping a a tire for a mile. And and I want to just do it. I want to see how far I can go in it. And you are a person who's like, I'm going to prepare for this. Now, what I want to talk about is... I think we both learn the same. We've learned something very similar, but how much does preparing your body for something, reading about it, watching videos, how much does that prepare and how much does that give you an advantage when that event actually happens? And, and yeah, what are the pros and cons of that? I'm very prepared and organized. Uh, It becomes like an obsession, honestly, where I think about it nonstop you know, my days built around it where no matter what, I'll get my training in. So I've had days where, you know, I've worked, um, you know, 24 hours and I'm tired and instead of just going home, I'm like, I'm still gonna get the workout in. You know, I've done days where I'm like, let me just see how far I can push myself. So I stayed awake for, uh, 27 hours and ran 50 miles. So I was awake for like 40 hours, you know, at the end. So it's important like to plan for these and to push yourself, um, just to be the the best that you can do. You know, you have to obsess about it. You have to learn. It's not just like training. Like I said, it's hydration, nutrition. There's so many different elements like to be the best that you can. Also like about just about the mind too. So I love reading books. You know, I just read a book called The Obstacles is the Way. Um, It just, you know, touches on some of those topics. So just, you know, getting as much training as you can all around to to be as prepared as possible. Yeah, and I feel like when I tackle something... uh, I like to just not, I go in the opposite. Like I don't want to read about someone's adventure or experience in it because for me, like when I read about something and then, then what happens to me is like, Oh, I got to think about this and Oh, I got to think about this. And I feel like it, for me, it also slightly distracts me from my mental preparation because I'm more worried about what this other person did or what the other person wrote. Yeah. I've never met them. I don't know their training routine or anything uh, that they've done leading up to it. Yeah. I could read about it. But I, I also don't know how I compare against that person. And for me, sometimes when I read those things, I get caught up in it. And then 
I'm spending more of my time focusing on things that I usually wouldn't focus on rather than focusing on the sole purpose of just trying to go there. And after I either after the event or after I try to take on that challenge, I look back and I go, okay, what was bad? Okay. Yeah. My nutrition, I ran out of water. Even though I was taking salt pills every hour, my muscles still locked up. Um, just kind of like even gear, where did it wear on my body? What chafed? Um, did this product work? And I like to take that data of my experience and then try to adapt it and then read what everyone else does and then try and learn. Where I feel like when you tackle a challenge, you get everything. You'll know myomarkers. You'll know when you're like how much water you need to put in your system. And obviously that's through years and years of doing more endurance training than I ever have, especially, you know, training for multiple ultra marathons um, and participating in them as well, as long as with, with marathon running and being able to learn how to eat and drink, like you said, and all those aspects of fitness. Um, I find that like, it's very, we, we have that very different way, but at the same time, I think like you were touching base on that, it, but in the end, you still have to take whatever you do and learn from it. Oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, how does that affect your mental health? Like, and we'll just say that, you know, you're a first responder. We can keep it as broad as that. Um, And I'll leave that up to you. But um, as a first responder, I was obviously in the military, excuse me, and we deal with challenges that not only are life and death, but we see a lot of death. We see a lot of of things because we want to provide the safety to the people around us, right? How does fitness help you deal with your tasks at work of what you have to do and also your experiences you go through? Well, being a, you know, police officer, uh, fitness is, could mean the difference between life and death, kind of the same thing with the military when, when you were out there, you know, I've been attacked multiple times. So being in shape has definitely helped me, you know, win those confrontations. Uh, I've also seen officers who were really out of shape, you know, not being able to keep up in a foot pursuit. And then there's a sole officer, you know, alone fighting with the suspect because the other officer that was out of shape couldn't keep up. And I'm not going to be that guy that's not going to be there for my, for my guys. And at the end of the day, you know, the most important thing is I go home to my family. So, you know, of course, training and being in the best physical shape possible uh, is going to make that happen. So that, that's the priority. Yeah. And you brought up something that I exactly want to talk about. You said something very specific. You said, you know, I don't want to be that guy that leaves, you know, that can't, keep up and then I have another officer who gets into, you know, gets into trouble in some way. You know, we have, I I just watched this Ted talk of Simon Sinek and he talks about leaders, you know, there are leaders and then there are people who lead and there's a big difference between those where a leader is someone who has a power of authority. There are people who tell us what we need to do and we follow it because they're saying it and they have authority over us. And then there's people who lead and people who lead are the ones who are about inspiring others. They're the people who are going to be the first at what they do. They're going to be the people who are trying to provide safety for all the other people. Because in reality, if there is not safety in what you do, whether it's your job or whether it's life, if there's not safety, then you're ending up fending for yourself. So a a good example that Simon even had in his video was, you know, someone was getting on a plane and they tried to check in and they were before their group, you know, and the lady's like, 
nope, you need to sit back down and made a big scene about it. So Simon went up to the lady and was like, well, why can't you just treat us like people and not like cattle? And she goes, well, because if I don't do this, I may lose my job, which means that she has a leader in charge of her that doesn't provide the safety that she knows that she's going to have her job. You know, and I'm, I'm tying this to a job, but this could tie into health and this ties into fitness. You know, so she's lacking that safety because her position she is in is controlled by a leader, not by someone who leads. Versus exactly what you said in that police force and the military. When we're in those situations, we don't, we, we don't, we don't think about me. You know, like we, we built up the safety to knowing that this person is going to protect me and I'm going to protect that person the best that we can. And when we take those lessons that we learned in our career and then we provide them and, and, and live our life by those, it also helps us inspire others, provide safety for others and allow more people to be comfortable stepping outside that comfort zone. And I think this is something that is one of the key characteristics of having mental fitness and mental health is being someone who's able to lead, someone who's not afraid to try something first. They're not afraid to be bad at it. They're not afraid to show that they failed at what they did. And at the same time, when they do fail, they don't complain about it they find the good in it. They find a way to overcome. They find the lessons that they learned to move on from that. You know, where do you see that connection from your work life to fitness to everyday life? Where, where do you see like times to inspire or times to lead and, and how has your job as law enforcement help you become a person who leads rather than just a leader? Yeah, well, you know, for my family life too, I just want to be the best example just for my family, for my kids. I want to inspire them to be the best they can be, you know, by teaching them to learn through failure to, you know, I, I think you need to fail to be the best that you can be. Um, so just letting them learn from failure, um, just inspiring them to always be better and to push their limits. And even at work too, I really take pride in leading my guys, you know, from the front, just setting that example, you know, treating others with respect, you know, like you said, from Simon Sinek's book, um, Leaders Eat Last is a great book, you know, it talks about the circle of safety too, where people can feel comfortable. And um, I'm a big believer of that. So that's definitely a part of my job, part of my personal life. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And it's definitely something we try to push out to our tribe, you know, and that's why, you know, even like cold water therapy, the most stress on your body you can do is changing your core temperatures, heating up your body and cooling it down and having big drastic changes in that is most is the most stressful thing that your body can do is changing the thermodynamics of your body. You know, so I always try and like find those things that will push my body outside that limit. So I have that firsthand knowledge that I can provide someone that says, Hey, you know what? You can jump in cold water. Like mm. you don't need to be incredibly fit to go and do this. Like you don't, you just need to have that mindset. And, and that mindset I think is everything, but I also think it's built with fitness. I believe like if you don't have my, if you don't have a strong mindset or we have a little self doubt, we don't have um, high self esteem or high self respect. I think fitness is a really good way to start building that. 
I feel like when you start taking these challenges that you're that are unknown, maybe you've never done this workout before, you don't know these movements, just being able to go into a group class or go and try something out on your own and experience what that's like without any requirement to succeed with with without any guarantee that you're going to be good at it. You know, I think that is a huge thing that's going to help people's mental fitness. And I feel like nowadays with, with everyone trying to be perfect, people are very hesitant to step outside their comfort zone. What is something that people can do to help start that process of maybe getting into fitness to help their mental health or on the other side, what can people do for their mental health to start fitness? Well, the way I look at it, it's kind of like memento mori, like death is inevitable. So I always, for years, have thought about, you know, if I'm on my deathbed, not looking at it from a grueling, you know, disturbing point of view, but if I'm on my deathbed, I want to look back and say, like, I don't have any regrets. Like, I don't want to think, like, I wish I tried that. So that's kind of been my, my motivating factor. So there's been a lot of stuff I've been afraid to do that have taken me years of training to, to do and accomplish. But once you kind of get that ball rolling and you go after something that you're afraid of, even if it takes you years, once you accomplish it, it unlocks like a whole different side of your mind mentally that'll allow you to accomplish so many more things, you know, physically, mentally, you know, spiritually, whatever it may be. Um, so just find something that you're scared of and then just go and do it. You know, that, that's, it's, it sounds like pretty simple, but it's going to be like a long journey, but at the end it'll be, you know, worth it. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, you also referenced like, you know, Simon's, uh, leaders eat last. It is a, it is a really, really good, um, book. Um, actually I don't know it as a book, but is it a book? It's a book. Yeah. Okay. Cause I've got, I, I got the cliff notes of the entire thing. Yeah. I watched all of his, uh, the his YouTube talk. videos on leaders eat last and, uh, it, it's very interesting. And, and, you know, if you're trying to start out this journey, you don't have to be a leader right from the get-go. You know, I think a lot of people have that mentality of like, well, I have to do good at this is, is the mentality that says like, I need to show people that I'm successful at this. But I don't think those who lead do that. They don't say, I'm going to do this because I'm going to be good at it. They do this because they want to show other people that, they can do it, that they're capable of doing it. You know, I think the mental health aspect of that, if a person who doesn't have strong mental health, uh, if they are sitting at their house trying to figure out how to get back into a new normal, yeah, maybe they're working out at home and doing something, um, but things aren't clicking or maybe they do need that help. What is something that they can do to just start this journey, to start that new normal? What is the first thing that they should do? To start a new journey, just to um, basically train your mind. You know, that's what it all starts about. So your mind is so much more capable than your body. So just find something that you want to do and go after it. Just be, um, it's about discipline at the end of the day too. So whatever scares you, you know, if it's you want to lose 100 pounds, if it's you want to start a new business, if it's, you know, you want to be, you know, a better parent, whatever, you know, just take that first step and take that first step towards that goal and don't give up. Just keep on going. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be easy days, but enjoy the journey. Enjoy the struggle. And at the end, you'll get there and you'll be a better person for it. 
You know, I think about if you tackle fitness like you tackle school, right? You don't go in the first day and be like, I'm going to ace this test. I'm going to, I'm going to, you go in that day and you're like, all right, I'm going to learn while this is hard. This is easy. But you have a little like butterflies in your stomach of, you know, that a test is coming up. And I think people should attack that when they look at fitness, like, okay, well, I'm not going to win at what I'm going to do today, or I'm not going to run a hundred miles today. But let me see what I can run. Yeah. And let me just take it as that learning environment because fitness and mental health is so much more than whether you accomplish a task or not. And, and like I said, you talked about nutrition and, and hydration, um, you know, but I, it, it's that sleep. It's, it's all these things. And the mm-hmm. only way that you could build that practice in is by experimenting. It's Absolutely. not by reading. Like, like, yes, reading is a really good thing. Like I, I love reading. I'm a big fan too. Like I love reading positive books because it helps me put things in different perspectives, but reading didn't come initially when I started doing, when I started focusing on my mental health or my fitness, reading wasn't a top priority. Now it is. I never thought I would see a connection between fitness and reading or anything like that, but we kind of see how everything is everything and connected. But I always look at it as if we're going to tackle something, we need to just look at it as a learning process rather than I'm going to be perfect at this. And I think, especially with fitness is once you say like, once you accomplish that task, something as simple as feeling a little less pain in your body, something as maybe getting your first mile running, or at the same time, you were able to run out, knock out a 5k, hit a marathon or start training for a powerlifting event or tackle some huge, uh, trail or obstacle course. You know, I think it all still has to start with being vulnerable, which is hard for people to do, you know? Uh, and along with training, we always have injuries, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think this is one of the biggest things that takes people from, I have a plan. I have a goal. This is where it is at this time. This is going to happen very planned out and methodical, but injury happens. How does injury impact your training, your mindset and your everyday life? Well, before my first (laughs) marathon, uh, I ended up getting like a lot of pain in the top of my foot I'm like, man, I'm like a month out. It's frustrating. So I basically just got on like the, on the bike and just cycled and, um, just to keep up my fitness. And then I was able to run that first marathon, which has been like my fastest to date. You know, now I'm just coming off of a a six week break from running where I found out my, um, my knee, my, uh, bone is bruised. My cartilage is chipped and I have arthritis. So I guess that comes with, with age. Uh, so to try to keep up my fitness, you know, I've been swimming, uh, which has always been a strong, uh, you know, big weakness for me, um, cycling and still, you know, lifting in the gym. And after the six week break, uh, I went for my first run, I did a 5k and I did it in almost the same pace that I've, you know, left off at. So you could still keep up the fitness. You just have to adapt and, and improvise and just look at other ways. So, um, you know, being injured is, you know, a part of the game, but the way I look at it is if you're not out there, you're not exercising, you're going to be in worse shape you know, with high blood pressure, um, you know, if you're overweight, if you have bad eating habits, um, you're going to be in much worse shape, you know, in the long run with all the health problems you're going to have than you will be if you just get some, you know, joint problems or whatever, just from overtraining. You, I, I love the aspect that you talk about your knee and how you adapted to go to swimming. You know, uh, I think that's so important for people to realize that I can't do fitness you know, we get an injury. I can't do fitness. And usually what that means is I can't do my normal routine, Mm. right? 
you could always find ways to do fitness, right? It, it doesn't have to be super intense. You just need oh, your yeah. body to move in one, one way. Now, I was never a swimmer, but we ended up doing like swimming laps every Wednesday when I was in the military. Um, and I was horrible. I couldn't even swim one length. I was like half halfway. I'm like sucking air um, in through my yeah. nose. My bot, my feet are like dragging on the bottom of the pool as I'm <laughs> trying to like. Everyone's like kick and pick your hips up and breathe. I couldn't find this rhythm because I was trying to like get all the way down. I was trying to make just trying to make it. That was that was my goal. And I had to stop myself and be like, what if I just try to slightly adjust my position? What if I actually put my face in and rotate my head and and just take those lessons that other people are doing rather than just trying to focus on my goal of re, you know reaching the end. And it went from I don't feel good at swimming, I don't like swimming that much to actually enjoying swimming and feeling my body get stronger in new ways and finding a different challenge. And I think that's what's good about injury. Rather than, hey, I can't go to the gym, I can't do my fitness routine, an injury provides you an opportunity to look at your training, to look at what you're doing. And instead of killing your mental health and saying, I can't, try and explore a different type, something else to get your body moving in a way that you could use the muscles, still get a workout in, still elevate that heart rate. You know, I think that it was like, uh, that that's really funny. And obviously, uh, you know, I think I don't like swimming cause you don't like swimming. <laughs> well, I don't like swimming cause I almost drowned as a kid. <laughs> I feel like that's why I don't like swimming. Cause I remember watching yeah. you almost drown. And then I remember going to like Mesquamacate and I got pulled in the undertow. And I just remember, like, as I'm under the undertow, like, blah, 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 like my mom, you know, mom being like, swim with the current. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was, like, swim, like, whatever, to swim sideways. And I'm like, I don't even know which direction is sideways. <laughs> yeah, when you're getting sucked under. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, what I want to kind of, like, tie this up with or tie this in the very end is, is the relationship of that mental health and fitness, Did the chicken become for the egg or the egg become for the chicken? Do we need the mental health first? And do we need to work on our mental health first before we, we help ourselves progress in fitness? Or do we need fitness to help ourselves progress in mental health? What's your thoughts? For me, working out and fitness is, has to be a part of everyday routine. You know, once I work out, my mental health is better. I am less irritable. I feel like less stress. Um, as a result, you know, my interactions with people are better. So for me, it, that's just a part of my everyday, um, you know, everyday routine. I, I have to work out every day. It just, just makes me a better person just in general. So that makes my mental health better. So yeah, for me, it's, you know, the fitness brings better mental health. Yeah, I, I find, you know, I'm very grateful for the military in the sense that it is, is built my, it is built and destroyed my mental health, <laughs> right? So, uh, it's built my mental health because when we're out in Afghanistan, I still remember this it was on May 6th in 2011. Um, I was with my, my team, team blood Eagle, and we did an air assault at like 6am in the morning. And as we jumped off the helo, we had these like three IEDs that were in this very open field and we were with the Polish and they were pushed out and we had a village in front of us, village in back of us. And we had a hill off to the side and we were in the middle of an open field. There was no cover whatsoever. And we we're seeing these two villages and you're just in this shitty situation where you already know that something bad's going to happen. And I'm sure you've been in these two, Dan, you're like, you already know that this stuff is going to escalate. Yeah. 
and you're not going to be the first one. You're not the one who gets to initiate it. You know, like, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's the worst thing yep. is the, the surprise. Whoever gets the surprise usually has the upper hand. And I remember like walking down onto this IED and then having a snipe around, like impact the ground four to five feet away from me. And then my team members standing up and putting down like suppressive cover fire while a lot of the Polish were just standing around. And I love the Polish, don't get me wrong, but uh, they're just not as trained as we are. And they're kind of standing around like what's happening. And then we get stuck into a counter ambush. And then the Polish, all of a sudden, none of them speak English. So it's myself and my two team members. We're sitting on top of a hill, getting ambushed on both sides. We have limited ammo. We're like shooting her 203. And and the Polish aren't helping us out. It was like all for themselves. And what we did is we literally built a triangle on the top of this hill. And we were facing each in a different direction. And like, this is it. This is our sector. And it's times like these. And after those events, you're like, man, dude, this, this, was, this, was, this pushes your ability to whether you should quit or not. It really does. And in war, you can't quit. And after I got back from that, I had to really like think about that situation and like, what am I doing? Am I putting myself in danger? I'm like, yeah, obviously. But what would happen if I quit? If I quit, somebody else would be a team member. Someone else that probably wouldn't be as good or experienced in Afghanistan because I've been to Afghanistan two times by that time. Yeah, I was already in Afghanistan twice. So I knew that somebody else would take that role and somebody else might not do the job or or with that lack of experience might get my team members killed. And I don't think I could live with ever seeing my team members killed underneath somebody else's rule. And and I go, that's, that's no way. And that has built my mental toughness to never quit. And in so situations, like you're saying, getting yourself in a situation where you can't quit or it's very, very hard to being up in the white mountains, a couple hours on a run, you don't have an easy access to a road to come and pick you up for an ambulance. I mean, yes, set up your safety so you have people who can come and help you and rescue you. But putting yourself in those situations, whether they are physically challenging or they are just life's challenge, of putting yourself in a way that you can't quit is going to build that mental toughness. And if your job is not one that puts you in the line of danger that can help build your mental you know, fitness... That's good. Glad we don't. But at the same time, you can use that in fitness. You use fitness as that form of I don't quit, right? We use fitness as the consistency of like, I don't want to go to the gym today, but today I'm going to go. I'm going to use that to be consistent. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to go super heavy today. Um, You put yourself in situations some way in life that you have to fight for something and that you believe for something. And these things are very cliche to say, especially nowadays, but I want you to really think about those topics or those two questions or two, two ideas and put them in your fitness. Are you doing that? Are you pushing yourself to the point where you know you're unsure whether you're capable of doing it, but it doesn't, it's not causing you physical pain? Or are you putting yourself in a situation at work where you are taking a little bit more of a risk where the outcome might not be favorable, but you're okay with that because you know you're going to gain something from that? You know, mental health and fitness, the irritability of of mental health, the depression, the anxiety, um, that stuff can be curved by fitness. When we When we give out our energy, when we sweat, when we work hard, when we push real stress into our muscles 
it takes away that fake stress of every day of like, am I going to be late for work or silly arguments at the dinner table yeah. or, or just, you know, the everyday petty stuff of social media. Fitness will help take that and refocus your purpose. Fitness will help refocus your purpose on what's important in life. And I think living a simpler life and what, and that doesn't mean getting rid of all your stuff and living with nothing, um, necessarily, but making your day-to-day decisions and picking your battles of what you want to do will help you build your mental health and build your fitness. What are something that people can do right now, Dan, to get started? What can they do? Can they listen to something, read something, do something? Yeah. Well, just like you said, just, um, just go after something that makes you nervous, you know, something that makes you scared. Um, what if I don't know how, what if, what if I don't know what makes me scared? How do I find something that makes me scared? I guess just get outside and, um, just start moving, you know, and then seeing what you're weak at, you know, everyone's weak at something. And then whatever that weakness is, whatever you fail at, that's what you need to work on. And then, you know, I always try to just get rid of all my weaknesses. You know, my last one now I'm tackling is, is swimming. That's like my last box to check. So... You know, it's not easy. It's a, it's a long road, but um, just getting out there and just finding, just experimenting, you know. If you're not good at running, you know, try to run. If you uh, are not good at weightlifting, lift some weights, get outside, you know, be barefoot. Just just get outside and experiment. Just see what you like, what you don't like, and then from there, you're just going to learn automatically and adapt from there and just become better. And I think that's the way is just to, just to start moving. Yeah, and I think there's something that we both do that helps us with that, especially when we're stepping in that new realm, is we find a really cool, tough challenge. And and we, we put the focus on that too, right? Like, uh, Oh, yeah, and you'd have like an A race. Yep. Yeah, to like... To work towards in a B race to kind of like learn from it, to build up to it. And I think a lot of people forget that aspect. Set yourself at a challenge that is way outside your limit and sign up for it. Because if you sign up for it, you now have a date set that you have to work towards. And who cares whether you do it or not? Who And what I mean is finish or not. Who cares if you finish or not? If you set a date and you set up an event and pay for a year in advance, six months in advance, three, year, three months in advance, and you sign up for that, you now have a countdown. This is going to help keep you motivated. Absolutely. To go to the gym... To work out when you don't want to work out, to refocus your purpose of instead of arguments on social media or something like that, taking that time, like, I don't have time for this. I need to train. Exactly. And it's these small little things. It's not this big, giant show that you're doing to get there. It is the simplest, smallest things. Stop. Get up off your ass right now and go look look up races. Go look up races for the fall that you want. You know, you have the Hartford Marathon. You have the Hartford Half Marathon. Sign up for one of those right now. Even if you never ran a mile, sign up for it. Do they do a 5K up there too? They do a 5K, yeah. Yeah, sign up. You never ran? Sign up for a 5K right now. You've never ran once in your life. They even have a marathon relay if, uh, you know, a group of people want to do it. Yeah, do that. You want to go on a mountain biking? Go find a mountain biking event and sign up for it. You do something and sign up for it right now. Yeah, commit. Because that is the first and I think one of the most important things because it is real now. It is no longer a thought in your head. You're bringing it out. And mental health 
is being able to get the ideas out of your head onto paper or out of your head and into action. It clears up that brain, allows more freedom of thoughts of what's really important in your life. Go out and do that now. I think we had a good job uh, today, Dan, of connecting a little bit of mental health and fitness. Um, you know, if you haven't read Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Eat Last, it's really good. Obviously, Dan's read it. I just watched the Cliff Notes. You could also check out a lot of his talks on YouTube. Really good, inspirational person uh, that, that I would definitely take a look at. But there's tons of books. There's tons of stuff out there. Read, but set up your event of what you want to do. And if you have a problem, make sure you reach out to us. You can reach out to us at info at findyourprimalpath.com. You could call or text us, 313-444-PATH. Or just hit up in the comments. Go to our social media and check it out. Dan, if they want to follow you and see some of the stuff that you're doing, where can they find you? Uh, give me on Instagram at UltraBeastDan. Go take a look at his training. Hey, Dan, thanks a lot for coming along and, and explaining a little bit uh, about your situation, your fitness, and how things have changed in your mental health. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks. Cheers, Trap.